This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Jim Lang and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, Dan Loisel retired in 2015 as the announcer for Woodbine after 29 years behind the microphone and Canada's voice of thoroughbred racing had the distinction of being up to then only the second thoroughbred announcer that the then Ontario Jockey Club ever had, having succeeded the famed and iconic Daryl Wells. Throughout his career, Dan called over 55,000 races, including 28 Queen's Plates, five Triple Crown winners, and on the standard Brit side, where it all began for him, two North American Cups. Dan actually got to start calling races at the now-defunct Harness Track Garden City Raceway in St. Catharines, and also, of course, the legendary Greenwood Racetrack in downtown Toronto. And in 2018, he was elected to the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame. Prior to that, in 2015, Dan was inducted to the Etobicoke Sports Hall of Fame, Etobicoke being the Toronto suburb that is home to Woodbine Racetrack. Shortly, we will speak to Dan Loisel and talk more about his outstanding announcing career, calling both the thoroughbred and harness races and find out more what this Hall of Famer is doing now in retirement. In addition, well, tonight is the final for the $1 million Pepsi North American Cup, and someone who will have a pretty good view of tonight's racing action is Woodbine Mohawk Park's track announcer and friend of the show, Ken Middleton. Ken will be behind the mic tonight and not only call the finals of the North American Cup, but also the stellar card that supports this classic event that includes finals for the Good Times, Fan Hanover, Ambro Flight, Roses are red, and the $100,000 Mohawk Gold Cup Invitational. It's going to be a great night of racing at Woodbine Mohawk Park tonight. And surely Ken Middleton will set the table, so to speak, and let us know what we can look forward to at Campbellville Oval later tonight. Also today, well, what would a show be without a visit from Woodbine Clocker and Morning Line Oddsbaker and friend of the show, Ernie Perry, who will not only bring us up to speed in the weekend card of racing at Woodbine, but also give us some handicapping tidbits that caught the clocker's eye, so to speak. And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and... And Darkos or Counts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. 
Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert on all things ponies, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Good. Before we get to the Belmont and your special horse, Mo Donegal, let's talk about some cool charity event going on with their friends at Woodbine that people should know about. Yeah, I just got a press release from uh, Woodbine, uh, and there's a... Um well, we had uh, Isabel Wentz uh, on the oh, show. Oh, yeah. And she, She's awesome. Yeah, she was doing a GoFundMe page, if you recall, mm-hmm. for Sheena Ryan. That's and, right. And so Sheena's had her surgery now and is oh, recuperating. Okay. And this Monday, June 20th, uh, the Backstretch Baseball Tournament is on at Paul Coffey Park in Malton. It's open to the public. It's to raise money for Sheena. And uh, the event includes six teams playing in the tournament, a $5 barbecue lunch that you can buy, free ice cream truck, DJ Fabulous, a uh, silent auction, and a 50-50 draw. As I said, it's open to the public. The first game is at 11.30 with the championship game at 4 o'clock. So there's going to be some jockeys there playing and some uh, owners and trainers and, and, and uh, other people involved with the horses. So it would be a good uh, yeah, if you can spare the time to go over to Paul Coffee Park in Malton, which is just uh, down the street on, on Derry Road. I was from, just going to, yeah, yeah, just so the listeners it's, know. Uh, yeah, it's on uh, Derry Road, just, uh, I'm going to say, uh, west of uh, Woodbine. Yeah, it would be, yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, so it would be probably a good day if you can get over there and, and yeah. help raise some money for Sheena. Well, especially, I mean, it, it starts at 11.30, so if you're working in that area, just stop by and grab your lunch and watch some softball and help raise some money. It's a great idea, right? Sure, sure. There's a $5 lunch there you can buy. So Perfect. The and, lunch- and free ice cream. And Well, you got me a free <laughs> ice cream. Um, your horse, Mo Donegal, you've been talking about Mo Donegal for months, and Mo Donegal showed everyone what Larry was talking about with that horse's performance at the Belmont. Yeah, I think, uh, as I said, the Kentucky Derby was kind of the tipping point for me where you could see that the horse was 11 wide in the stretch and he still closed some ground and where the uh, rich strike horse went right up the rail. And he got one of those once-in-a-lifetime trips up the rail. And I think you saw Mo Donegal and the experience that he's had racing on the New York circuit. Uh, the Belmont track is, is a little different surface than that. So... Uh, uh, Todd Pletcher is the the king of New York, so cool. he just seemed to have everything going and and turning into the stretch. Uh, he uh, when Irad Ortiz took the horse to the outside, the the race was basically over. Oh, that, and that's that's exactly what I was thinking. Once it came around that home stretch and they set their line, that everyone was playing first because as he crossed the finish line, do you see the jockey do the head turn? Yeah, he he looked back and and actually his stable mate. Uh, uh, was behind him. So, uh, you know, it was a, a sweep for, for Todd Pletcher. But I think the other thing that was important, Jim, was what really killed Mo Donegal in the Kentucky Derby was post one. He's not a speed horse. Mm-hmm. So 
he was back 15th, 16th, 17th. And then, and, and, you know, and all the other horses are, are automatically, they're going to cross over. So uh, it was just very difficult for him. And when he finally got out and running, he was 11 wide. And obviously the inside was the place to be, as we saw with with Rich Strike, right? So, well, and I think a lot of people have a lot of eyes on Mo Donegal looking ahead to the breeders. Well, I think he's... Uh, I, he looks to me like he's the type of horse that uh, the further he goes, the better he gets. Like yeah. he went from a mile and a quarter to a mile and a half. And, and got better. And he looks like he could keep going from there, right? So, uh, uh, yeah, I think he, he's, uh, you know, I, they're talking about maybe the Travers for him next. At oh, okay. And then I would say how he does there will dictate whether he does go to the Breeders' Cup or that. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't go. Though. Well, I think he would. I think uh, you know the three-year-old crop is is you know the the, the Colts and and that seem to be there's not really a standout. I guess you know off of Mo Donegal's race, you could say he's a standout. Everybody thought. Rich Strike was, but he's seemed to come back to earth now, and, and we'll see what happens. They're talking about maybe sending him to the Travers, so hmm. we'll see if he races better again, or whether he was just a Churchill Downs horse, like, you know, the people were talking about. So, yeah, it's 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 going to be, the next few months is going to be very interesting, and, you know, where people start moving around and, and trying to get some, some races that are qualifiers for the Breeders' Cup and that, and, and we'll see what happens. It's the uh, last weekend of spring. Summer arrives early next week. It's a beautiful June weekend in a beautiful setting at Woodbine Mohawk Park for the $1 million Pepsi North American Cup. It's going to be a great uh, a great uh, card tonight uh, with several stakes races, the, the final of the uh, North American Cup, the Mohawk Gold Cup. Is it is the there. Fan Hanover too? The Fan Hanover, the uh, Roses are Red. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's also a nice, uh, uh, there's a, actually a free-for-all trot, which uh, is on uh, tonight too. And, and normally you, you see free-for-all pacers racing on the Saturday night, but the free-for-all pacers are actually in the Mohawk Gold Cup, which has got a $100,000 invitational uh, purse to it. So, Hall of Fame Woodbine track announcer Dan Loisel joining us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. And Dan, who retired from race calling in 2015, actually Got to start calling races on the standard bridge side at the now defunct and long forgotten Garden City Raceway in St. Catharines and Greenwood Racetrack in downtown Toronto. Dan, a legend of the sport, joins us today on the show. Dan, how are you? Jim, if I was any better, I'd give up my health card. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into a lot of the stuff going on, I mean, refresh the memory some of the listeners maybe don't know. What was it like starting your career working at Garden City Raceway in St. Catharines? You know, I was only. 17 years old, Jim, and uh, always had an affinity for the mic, and I used to practice qualifying harness races um, in the, in the uh, morning, and our racing manager at the time uh, said, you know, why don't you try calling them at night? And we had an announcer at the time, his name was Jack Stevens, and he was affiliated with the Hamilton Tiger Cats and CHML in Hamilton, and he had a commitment one night, and uh, my racing manager said, uh, okay. Here's your chance. So at 17 years old, I called my first harness car to Garden City Raceway about 100 years ago, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but but you obviously, you had some family ties in the business, didn't you? That's that's what got you interested in, in horse racing, right? Absolutely. I'm, you know, I, we use a term in this country called a rink rat, and I was a track rat. My dad did the photo finish. My mother worked in the press elevator. 
My grandfather worked in security, so I can never, ever remember not being around the racetrack. It's always been a part of my life. When did it become a career for you, Dan? When I was 15 years old, I worked the summer doing the charts. And for those who don't know, the charts are accumulating all the positions of the horses at the various stages of the race and then putting them into program form. I did that one summer when I was 15. And the uh, guy that was my boss at the time said to my dad, he's, he's really good doing this. You know, he could do this full time if he wanted to. So um, it's something you wouldn't do now, but I left school at 15 years old for a career at the racetrack and uh, the school board came to the house and said to my mom and dad, they let me, let me leave school. And the impetus for me to be successful, well, part of it anyways, was to uh, not make my mom and dad feel bad about the decision they made to make them proud. And uh, I think, I think it worked out that way. Yeah, indeed. So how did the, the, um, how did it work for you? You were on the standard side, you were calling some races there and then all of a sudden you moved to the thoroughbred side and you basically replaced a legend in, in Darrell Wells, correct? Oh. So uh, how did, yeah, how did that exactly, all come about? That's exactly the way it worked, Larry. I was, uh, I, was, uh, I was a chart caller and the assistant racing secretary on the standardbred division and the backup announcer. So as the backup announcer for the standardbred division, when there was a big race, a North America Cup, a Maple Leaf Trot, a Breeders' Crown, our regular announcer at the time was a guy named Earl Lennox. Mm-hmm. And he would do the color or TSN or CBC, whoever was co- co- uh, covering the race. And I got to call the big races. So I called uh, a couple North America cups. I called breeders crowns and Canadian pacing derbies and that, and, and wound up calling the biggest races in Canada in both breeds. But I'm standing in the racing office at Greenwood in um, July of 1986 and the phone rings. And it's our president, Jack Kenny and our vice president, Rick Cowan saying, can you come over to the front side? We want to speak to you for a second. I thought, oh, Uh-oh. no. What have, <laughs> what have I done? I'm hopping in the, I hop in the car and I go over there and they said to me, Darewells won't be back on Wednesday and we want you to try calling thoroughbred races. And this is the way it's going to work. We're going to keep your job open at the standard bread division. And if you don't like it, calling thoroughbred races, um, you can go back. So you're not going to be without a job. And if we don't like you, we'll send you back. And, uh, <laughs> it, I wound up calling my, um, first thoroughbred race there on July the 23rd, 1986. And I remember it for two reasons. Um, Jim and Larry, not only because it was my first race, a card replacing the legend Daryl Wells, but it was also the day that Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson got married and I lasted longer than they did. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever? Now, people assume if you can call a race, you call a race, but there's a lot of subtle differences from a standard bread to a thoroughbred. Was there a transition calling from one to the other? Uh, there certainly was, Larry, and um, the standard breads move at a slower pace. They have the sulky to separate them. And, um, so they're, in my estimation, they're easier to call the thoroughbreds, uh, getting, getting close quarters. You, you, when they're in the far turn, sometimes you're looking for a, a glimpse of a sleeve color or a cap color to identify a horse. They're in such tight quarters and the prevalent distance of thoroughbred racing in North America is three quarters of a mile, six furlongs, and it's over in a minute and nine seconds instead of two minutes. So a lot of, uh, a lot of differences. Thoroughbreds are tougher to call. Hmm. Speaking of thoroughbreds, you called a lot of races, a lot of big races and that. Is there one that still resonates? Um, 
when Wando, I wound up calling five Canadian Triple Crown winners, and the last one I called was Wando, and the people fell in love with him. I can remember when they were loading into the gate, I said, uh, and Wando, two minutes away from his date with Destiny, and they just blew the roof off the grandstand. And after he won the race, became a Triple Crown winner and came back in front of the grandstand, uh, the public was uh, just going nuts. And the other one, if I can take a second, was Wise Dan. He was my favorite horse of all time. I got to call him uh, winning the Woodbine Mile in 12 and 13. And subsequently, he went on to win the Breeders' Cup Mile both those years. And both those years was named um, America's Horse of the Year. And just to add to that story, I, I could never make it to Keeneland because Keeneland was never... Uh, we were always racing when Keeneland was on, so I could never go. So after Wendy and I were t- retired... I said, I want to go see Keeneland. So we got down to Keeneland, and I made a call to Charlie Lopresti, Wise Dan's owner, and uh, who lives in Lexington with his wife, Amy, and said, I'd like to come over and see the big horse. He said, we'd love to have you. Here's the address. Come over. So Wendy and I went over one morning, spent a couple hours there, got the big horse out of his stall, got some pictures taken with uh, Wise Dan and Dumb Dan together. <laughs> what What is it about when you someone you call 55,000 races that you're able to recall so acutely a couple of specific races? What it is about the sport? And we, Larry and I find that all the time, Dan, that people involved in the sport 20, 30, 40 years, they have that recall because the, the race, the horse, the sport makes such an impression on them. And, and that's exactly right, Jim. It's uh, um, all the big races I've called. I can't remember everything I said in the races, but they you work so hard. At least I work so hard to make it uh, to make it right. Um, when the race is over, it's just like give me a beer, you know. And yeah. uh, and and you and uh, yeah, you, you can recall your uh, your big race calls. And I had the opportunity, besides calling great races in Canada. They used to have a thing a day before the Breeders' Cup when Breeders' Cup was one day called All-Star Announcers Day. And they would bring in a handful of announcers from different tracks in North America to call a race the day before the Breeders' Cup. So I wound up getting to call races at Arlington Park and Monmouth Park and uh, at Belmont Park and Churchill Downs. So whenever I, you know, so whenever I see the Kentucky Derby, I called races at Churchill Downs. And whenever I uh, see the Belmont Stakes. Uh, you know that that's like saying to a kid who plays baseball, "How would you like to play a game in Yankee Stadium?" That, that's <laughs> what it was to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. I get that for sure. Yeah. So, how did you know it was time to to basically retire? So, so Larry, you've met Wendy before. So she worked yeah. at Woodbine Entertainment as well. She worked there when started when she was a teenager. So between her and I, we worked at Woodbine ready eighty five years together. <laughs> oh. And, 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 um, um, she, she worked Monday to Friday. I worked weekends because that's when our big race days were. So for all those years, uh, during, from the time the races started till the season was over, we just sort of waved at each other. And, um, we just thought at the time, you know, let's have some summer holidays before we, uh, start kissing the grass. <laughs> and, um, so we, uh, we decided to retire on the same day and, and that's what we did. And it's, uh, and no regrets at all. I still got a lot. Of, I still got a lot of friends in the business that I stay in touch with. When I go to Saratoga, uh, Tom Durkin is a friend of mine. I stay at his place. It saves me hundreds of dollars, but I got to <laughs> buy him beer. That's the problem. And and, and uh, Larry Colmus, I speak to all the time. And Travis Stone, who calls the races at Churchill Downs, John Dewey. So um, 
I miss the people and, and the camaraderie of the press box. No, Harry was one of that group, but, uh, but I, I don't miss calling the races. I, I, uh, 55,000 was enough. What did it mean to you to be elected into the Canadian horse racing hall of fame? Um, if anybody asked me now what my biggest thrill is in racing, it was that, um, here's a 15 year old kid taking entries at garden city raceway, uh, uh, and, and doing the charts at night and, and wound up in the hall of fame. Like how the hell does that happen? I mean, that's, uh, and, uh, my mom and dad who've just passed away in the last, uh, two or three years, they were alive then. So they got to come to the dinner and see my induction and everything. And it was just, uh, yeah, thrill, thrill of a lifetime, really. Getting back to your announcing career, how did you actually, you know, pattern your 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 calls and and basically, I guess, call the horses in in the proper order? In that, was it by saddlecloth or was it jockey silks or or what? So you associate, Larry, you know this, but you associate uh, the horse's name with the jockey silk. So when you see blue and white checks. Mm-hmm. At Secretariat, when you see turquoise with gold dots on the sleeves, that's Northern Dancer. From the time they come out on the racetrack until they load in the gate, you memorize those horses, you call the races to the public, and then you forget about those 14 and memorize another 14. Some tips, um, I, I had some colored markers, and Durkin put me onto this, some colored markers that I kept, and as the horses came out on the track, in the margin of the program, I'd draw the horses' silks. Just as a backup, now, I'd memorize them and hopefully not to not have to look at that program. But if I got stuck in the body of a race, I could quickly glance down. That blue and white checks would jump off the page at me and I'd say, oh, that's secretariat. So just little, little tricks like that. I guess, you know, in your position, Dan, what you did for that long, you probably got the same rush and same thrill as the jockeys when they climbed on the horse. I, I, I did. When, uh, you know, when, you got out of the, when you got out of the car on Queen's Plate Day, the air was electric. I mean, France has the Arc de Triomphe, America has the Kentucky Derby, and we have the Queen's Plate. It's Canada's race. And the air was electric from the time you got out of your car at 9.30 in the morning till uh, 6.30 at night when the races was over. And it's just, uh, it's a fantastic day, and you get pumped. And when they go into the gate for the Queen's Plate, you can glance down at your shirt and see see it moving because your heart's beating. Hmm. But uh, you... Uh, try and keep your cool and get them around. And, uh, we got them around 28 times and, uh, tw- called 28 Queens plate. So that was great. So in your retirement, besides drinking beer with Tom Dirk and <laughs> 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 what, what well, else are drink, you doing? We, we, drink, we drink wine. We drink oh, wine. Okay. Together. So you drink. Come on, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> what, what else is keeping you busy now? Well, we've done a lot, you know, um, COVID has put uh, a wrench in these gears, but I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I think I'd wrote, written them down at one time. We'd traveled in the first five years like 14 times. Oh, So wow. we went to, uh, yeah. So we went to, I, I know Larry's not familiar with Las Vegas at all, but we've been there three times with uh, um, uh, a, a great friend of ours, uh, my my closest friend is a guy named Dave Perkins who used to write for the Star. Oh, was their legend! Editor. Yeah, a legend. Yeah. Uh, speaking of legends, a little story for you. So we've been on fourteen vacations, but you're asking what what else I was doing. We have a lunch group that was formed. I don't know how it was formed. It was formed after uh, I retired, and we meet four or five times a year. And uh, in this group is myself, 
uh, Brian Williams, Mr. Olympics, uh, Dave Hodge, Hockey Night in Canada, Paul Beeston, who is the president oh. of the Blue Jays, um, a guy named Paul Henderson, not that one, but this Paul Henderson was uh, a member of Canada's International Olympic Committee, and George Bigliardi, who owned a steakhouse yeah. across from the gardens on, on Church Street. So that's our group. There's seven of us. We meet about four or five times a year, try and straighten up at a restaurant or a bar and try and straighten out the world and, wow. and talk sports. And, 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 and last, uh, last Tuesday night, just this past Tuesday, uh, Beeston uh, got us an executive box uh, to salute Brian and his retirement. And 35 of us went down there to the Sky Dome and uh, nice. um, watched watch the Blue Jays get beat on Tuesday night. So, that lunch, so, so, I, so I, I get I get I get together with these guys, like I said, five times a year. So my great. goodness, that sounds like the Algonquin Roundtable, the group of people you have for that lunch. That's <laughs> that's like Canadians uh, broadcast sports royalty. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of fun and uh, tell a lot of lies. Oh, Dan, uh, we could do this all the time. You're a good man. Uh, enjoy the retirement and uh, and say hi to the guys next time you get together for lunch. Okay, and and uh, Larry, we'll see you at the Queens Plate. I hope sounds good. See you, Dan. Okay, pal. Bye, Jim. Bye. When we come back, friend of the show, Woodbine track announcer Ken Middleton will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We will be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, tonight, Woodbine Mohawk Park is home to the $1 million final of the Pepsi North American Cup, a night that will see six stakes races go to post at the Campbellville track. Friend of the show, Woodbine Mohawk Park track announcer Ken Middleton joining us today to help break down some of the action tonight, including the big one, the $1 million grand finale of the Pepsi North American Cup. Ken, as always, welcome to the show. It's a real pleasure. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for asking me. I mean, here we are. It's June of 2022. Um, after everything we've been through the last few years, man, are a lot of people excited about tonight? Yeah, um, I totally agree. Um, it's our marquee race. Not to mention the the race has shifted from the last couple of years to a fall event, 
um, because it was pushed back, back to its traditional June time slot. So, you know, summer's here, uh, patios are open and stuff like that. And I think people are craving for something uh, of this magnitude early in the season. And, uh, you know, it's, a, it's our marquee night. So, yeah, it's a, it's a show you that they don't want to miss. And it's pretty important, isn't it, Ken, that it's back in June because it kind of follows into the, the Meadowlands pace and the schedule for the three-year-olds, correct? Yeah, exactly. Uh, people get to know over the course of the year, you know, it's all about managing. Uh, it's all about, uh, you know, mapping out your course kind of thing. If you're uh, sailing on a ship, you, you want to know where you're going. Same with racing three-year-olds. You kind of want to know the direction you're going so you can plan accordingly. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 been the... Uh, it's been the, the high point of the season early in the year. We're the first main event, really, for three-year-olds, and uh, it, it's just great. I Honest to goodness, and Ken, I mean, this whole year in Ponies 24-7, the one name that keeps coming out of Larry's mouth is James McDonald. <laughs> I mean, I mean can, he, can he be beaten tonight? Well, I saw him in the paddock last night, uh, late last night, and I asked him how his lineup looks for tomorrow. We went through it, and yeah, you know what? He, he's going to have a heck of a night if all the stars line up. He's got... I think pretty serious players in all the major stake events. Uh, you know, he's got so much more in uh, in the roses are red. He's got um, a horse named Colby Two Step, who's maybe not a uh, a marquee name, but he's a horse that's uh, flying under the radar. I think for a lot of people in the Pepsi North America Cup, he's going to be a long priced horse. But I really think he's uh, he's got some upside. Um, you know, he's got Twin B. Archie in the good times. So yeah, the list just keeps going on and on. He's got Prohibition Legal in the Fan Hanover. So he's got a lot of. Uh, a lot of prime horses and an opportunity to certainly get his name in the headlines even more than there already has been. You called the eliminations last week for the uh, the North America Cup. Uh, what caught your eye? Um, the improvement of Noel Daly's Colt. Uh, he uh, mechanically didn't look as good the week before in the Sun Beach somewhere, so they made some equipment changes and uh, uh, a little tactical change, and he looked more like... Uh, the horse that everybody was pumping up early in the season. Uh, he, he raced good in the Sun Beach somewhere, but he just he looked better in his North America Cup elimination. So uh, he did uh, he did good things. Uh, Brent McGrath's Colt too, the man who campaigned Sun Beach somewhere. He's got a Colt made Beach Glass, and he looked impressive last week for Yannick Jingra as well. And there's a bunch of other horses too, not just the elimination winners. So it's uh, it's going to be a good race in, in that sense. And for the big race tonight, how much should people keep an eye on a horse like Nighthawk or Pebble Beach? Pebble Beach is going to be the favorite, undeniably. It's uh, he, he's going to be the favorite, and rightly so. He's uh, he's maintained his form. He's looked good. He's done everything that uh, people expected him to do. Nighthawk, uh, I wouldn't say he was disappointing last week, but he I don't think he was at his best last week. So um, I would expect him to be better this week because uh, I'm sure after he. Uh, he didn't race as well as people were expecting last week. I'm sure they were able to troubleshoot a problem that maybe he had, uh, and, and he'll be that much better this week. That's, uh, that's the great thing about great horsemen is they, they go to work immediately after a race and they try and fine-tune any little minor issues before they become major ones. Talk about some of the other uh, stakes tonight, uh, Ken. Uh, any horses catch your eye, uh, especially if there was eliminations for the, the various races? Yeah, um, I think one of the most gifted horses on the whole program is uh, a pacer by the name of Test of Faith. She was the uh, U.S. Horse of the Year last year. She won 14 of 16 races. She only got beat twice last year, and when she got beat, she was second. So um, she looked magnificent last week in her elimination. Uh, 
Um, she's going to be a, an overwhelming favorite, but uh, she's kind of a horse that doesn't come along all that often. She's she's extremely gifted. She's a, a wonderful athlete, and she's quite the specimen. So I'm curious to see how she does tomorrow night. Um, the the good times for three year old trotters it's it's pretty wide open too. I don't think it's a slam dunk for anybody in there. I think really the only slam dunk out of all the stake races to me would be test of faith and the roses are red. She's she's going to be a microscopic price and I'd be I literally would be shocked that she got beat. But any of the other stake events, I don't think there's that uh, slam dunk kind of horse. So they they all stack up as good races. But not just a great Saturday night of racing, Ken, but it's shaping up to be a big handle of Woodby Mohawk Park as well. Yeah, it is. We've got lots of great wagers, uh, multiple pick fours. We've got multiple pick five wagers that have a low takeout of 15%. And uh, there's one unique pick five on the card. It's an all-stakes pick five. So it's not just average run-of-the-mill races. They're all stake races, all in succession. And that race, uh, or that wager comes with, uh, the track is guaranteeing that the pool is going to be $100,000. So that's another uh, added incentive for people to get involved in a bet like that. And then we finish the card with, uh, a wager called the jackpot high five. Um, you have to pick top five finishers in exact order. Um, traditionally, the way the wager works, it's a jackpot type wager. You have to have the only winning ticket to win the whole pool. And if there's multiple winning tickets, then what happens is half the money is paid out that night. Half the money is carried over to the following night. Hmm. And it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And that's where we're at tomorrow night. So the carryover is grown to over half a million dollars, but it's going to be a mandatory payout. So no matter if Larry and Jim have winning tickets no. and I have a winning ticket, it's going to pay out mm-hmm. to multiple people tomorrow night. So it's like sitting down at a poker table and there's already $550,000 in chips on the table and you haven't invested a single chip to sit down at that table. That's, that's the best way for me to paint the picture to people. So uh, you can jump in and play as much as you want or as little as you want, and it's it's an exciting wager. Larry, Ken speaking your language. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, I know he's a bargain guy. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> he sure is. is. In, in, the, in these times, <laughs> we, we have to search for bargains. So there's one. Woodbine Mohawk Park has got a great one. Yeah, I'm looking for a partner, though. So. <laughs> uh, I'm partner material. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, let's talk a little bit about yourself, Ken. Uh, uh, for some of our our new listeners, uh, you also train horses, and uh, you've also got a horse by the name of uh, Bob Blah Blah, right? I do. He uh, unfortunately got hurt this year. He mm-hmm. he started out the year great. He I, I was hoping to point him towards the North America Cup, but uh, yeah, he suffered an injury and uh, he's going to be on the sidelines for a little bit. But uh, he was he, he's still a great horse for me. He's a horse I'll never forget. Uh, he gave me some incredible highlights last year, and even to start this year, he. He had a. Uh, he's still one of the fastest three-year-olds in Canada this year. He won in one fifty and three in an elimination of a stake called the uh, SBOA. So yeah, unfortunately, he's going to have a little bit of time off. But hopefully, we can rehab him and bring him back at some point. You know, before we get to some of your inspirations, you must be at the point now, Ken, where you are inspiring others into the sport and what you do. I would like to think so. Um, you're, you're right. I, I idolized a lot of people uh, growing up, Tom Durkin, Dan Loisel, Frank Salee, John Craig, lots of announcers, Earl Lennox back in the day, mm. um, the late Sam McKee from the Netherlands. Uh, you can all appreciate each other's work. If you're, a, if you're an artist, you can appreciate other people's artistic abilities. The same with 
sportscasters, uh, people that have podcasts. We, we try and emulate the people that we appreciate. Um, you don't have to exactly imitate them, but use some of their uh, skills. Uh, myself, I, wa- I love watching people interview sports athletes because there's, it's a, there's an art to it. Yep. And it's, it's not easy to do. So um, it's a way to educate yourself without uh, having a formal education on doing interviews. It's just you, you like the style of someone. So I'm sure it falls into the same category as announcers. Uh, we all don't like vanilla ice cream. So we all don't like Ken Middleton as a track announcer, and I'm okay with that. But there are people who do love it, uh, what I bring to my race calls, and uh, and they let me know that. And I, I really appreciate that. It's, it's, it's a great form of flattery. You yourself, you got in, involved in horse racing through family ties, right? But was there yep. other was there other reasons? What what was it that attracted you to uh, to horse racing? Um, basically, what you just mentioned there through through my family, the association. When I was younger, I I obviously didn't have the same interests I do now. Um, I was interested in running around the backstretch with other kids that were back there, and I had really no interest in the horses. But then, as I grew up, uh, uh, I gained more appreciation for the horses as athletes. Uh, I followed them. I followed all the stake races in Canada, in the United States, and all over the place. Um, later in life, I appreciated it from a work point of view. I I was driven to want to be um, working at the Jockey Club, which is what it was called then, and now it's called Woodbine Entertainment. But my, as a young track announcer, that's that was ultimately what my goal was. I thought, you know what, one day I'd love to be here calling the races here because it's the, it's the pinnacle of Canadian racing. So that's obviously where I want to be. So all the stars lined up for me and I was able to get there. Um, and I, I, I still, I still love this time of year, you know, when you get all these stake races going and stuff like that and you get to tell the story when they do come to town. Um, so yeah, just the association through my family and, um, getting to work with horses one-on-one myself. Now I breed horses. I, I train horses. I, I love that time of day. It's my, I tell people it's my game of golf. Uh, people <laughs> go out and spend four hours on the golf course hitting a white ball. I come to the barn and I, I love dealing with the horses. It's, uh, it's a stress relief for me. I, I appreciate how much they put out as athletes for us, horse people. So uh, it's, it's great. I, I love my time at the barn. Well, assuming your beloved Boston Bruins don't hire you as their new head coach, we'll be hearing you call races at Woodbine Mohawk Park for years to come, we hope, Ken. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that was a shocker. Uh, I love Cassidy. Uh, and Vegas picked up uh, a great guy. He's one of my favorite coaches, not just because he coached the Bruins. But I just love the way he presents himself to the media afterwards. Yep. He's, he's, very, uh, he's very forthcoming with information. He, he seems to have the same... Uh, attitude after games yeah I, I was sad to see him go ken always a pleasure enjoy the races this weekend we'll talk to you down the road yeah great thanks a lot jim thanks larry uh love the show thanks appreciate it after the break when we come back friend of the show another one ernie Peary will join us on ponies 24 7 the radio magazine we'll be right back ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing listen live at 1059 theregion.com live in ontario ever dreamt about owning a racehorse you need to take ontario racing's horse ownership 101 virtual seminars 
Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Live harness racing continues at the Meadowlands Racetrack every Friday and Saturday evening with a post time of 6.20 p.m. The Big Gams Championship meet is highlighted by the Meadowlands Pace on July 16th, and on August 6th, it's the famed $1 million Hamiltonian, headlining an exceptional day of stakes events with a special post time of 12 noon. Watch and wager on all of the Big M's exciting harness racing action through your HBI bet account and Dark Horse app and be part of the Meadowlands racing experience. Visit playmeadowlands.com for racing details. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Right on. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, Ernie Perry, joins us on Ponies 24-7. And today, we'll find out more from Ernie about his role as a clocker and how he is able to take the information he sees in the training track and turn it into some potential winners on the track as well. Ernie, as always, we love having you on. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me today, guys. It's a, it's a great weekend of racing, especially Saturday and Sunday at Woodbine. And when you look at Saturday and Sunday, what's jumping out at you? So we'll start in race two. There's a horse called The Feather, 12 to 1 for Jamie Attard. This one's coming off a bit of a layoff, a season layoff. So it worked on uh, June 5th in a minute and four out working it on race able mate. Price is going to be right. Um, I just think this horse is peaking or just in works right now and a little fresher than some of the others. So a little claiming race, but this horse has been working good, worth taking a shot at 12 to 1. Larry? That's it. That's the that's the only one, Ernie. <laughs> oh no, sorry. <laughs> oh, I got a few. Uh, okay, one, we'll go to race. We'll go to uh, race five. We're all ears. Uh, number <laughs> number three, Don Farrell, uh, eight to one for Nick Nazawenko. This one worked back on uh, May thirteenth with Vivid Vixen. That one just finished second at a big price and a main special win on the turf. So I really like this one from the beginning. This one's been working well. There's a horse in the race called Lil's Hope. You might want to throw in. In uh, your supers, that one is going to be a bomb, so you can throw that one in. And we can move to race six, uh, Super Sunday, number seven, Super Sunday, for Steve Owens. I think on works alone, this one stands out in this two-year-old race. So Super Sunday in race six. And then there's another one you can throw in. Um, I'll find that right now. In race number nine, number five, Basalt Street, for Kevin Attard. This one worked very well on uh, June 1st, 47. So 
there's a few that you can throw in today and, uh, you know, hopefully all your tickets are winning tickets. You mentioned trainers a number of times there, Ernie, and if, maybe for listeners who don't think about it too much and think about the horse and jockey, how important is the trainer when you're making selections? Yeah, obviously very important because, um, you know, we go by what their track record is and, you know, some trainers spot them a little higher than they should be and some spot them in the right spot. So try to find the trainer that's going to spot them where we believe they should be, although we're not trainers, but, uh, the clocking staff, but we think, you know, where we should know where a horse belongs. So if it matches where we think it would belong, that's, that's what we like to, you know, put out on the clock report. Maybe for our listeners too, Ernie, maybe you could distinguish what's the difference in, in workouts. Like you'll see a horse breezes or a horse hand uh, works handily or is driving. What, what, what's the, what's the difference between them? Yeah. So a breeze is a horse, a jockey or an exercise rider that pretty much is motionless on a horse. Anytime you see the B designation, that means he pretty much just sat on the horse and you know the horse went uh, really on his own. Uh, with an H, um, it's handily, so that means the horse had a little bit of urging. And uh, you know what we get to see a, a lot more being clockers, that horses work together a lot. And unfortunately, there's no way to really put it in a program uh, who the horse worked with, and that's why we put out a clock report. So. You know, some horses are going with an H, and that means because they're trying to keep up to their company. So, you know, it could be a, a little negative sign unless that company is a real nice horse, and then you can do that as a positive. So there are a lot of different little things uh, like that. But uh, to answer your question, B just means basically sitting on a horse, and H is urging the horse. Now, if is, you see a D, they're well, really driving on the horse, but yeah. we don't we don't see that too often. And and is that done by design, Ernie, that maybe the trainer's telling the the exercise rider, just go easy, just get it there, get the blood flowing, get the legs out. We don't want to go too fast. Or how does that work in that way? Yeah. And normally it should be, it should be just an easy grip. I mean, horses do get fit by galloping every day as well. So that's where they're really getting fit. But to tighten them up, they, they go a bit quicker and that's where, we come in timing them quarter, three eighths, half, or five eighths. And uh, as a as a clocker and a gambler, you like you'd rather see a breeze than a horse driving because if a horse is driving, you know he's he's the, the rider's trying to get their attention. Maybe um, you know the horse is chasing another horse, or the horse is going a little slow and wants to pick up the time. So you like to see them do it their natural self, so that when it comes to the races, uh, they have something left and and uh, they can go all on the races. So besides uh, clocking horses and, and kind of basing your handicapping analysis on, on the way they, they, they worked in that, do you have another go-to handicapping angle that you would, might you know, combine with, with the clocking? Yeah, so there's a couple that I, I, I like to use. I love when a horse uh, takes a lot of money, whether it be first time out and really gets pounded at the windows and, you know, runs a good race on the lead and will finish maybe in front of half the field and, you know, will then will finish maybe sixth out of 12. But next time out, I expect that horse to, because he's a bit more fit, will carry that speed a bit longer and the price generally folds up. So I like that angle of a horse taking a lot of money and the next start, the money goes up and uh, showing a lot of speed. First time out, 
maybe beating half the field. And then uh, next time out, he's usually more fit. Ernie, you've been doing this so long. Do you ever find that you can pick up information and get better at your craft from other clockers at other tracks around North America? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I like to travel to other tracks. And hopefully this summer, I'll be traveling to Saratoga. And uh, yeah, I'd love to see how other tracks do it. And, you know, there's, uh, especially in Saratoga, a lot of uh, personal clockers go down there uh, and they're clockers that work for themselves and will sell information and whatnot. So, um, there's one in particular that, you know, I share information with Bruno DiGiulio and hopefully get to see him this year and, and see how they do things there on there. I don't think we've, we've had you on the show for quite a few times. You're a friend of the show, but I don't think we've ever asked you, what was it that got you interested in horse racing? So I, funny story is, um, about 51 years ago, my parents came to the track on Labor Day <laughs> And from the track, my mom went straight to the hospital, and uh, I was born on Labor Day <laughs> from the track. So uh, my dad's been a race truck forever. He comes, and, uh, you know, he brought me as a kid, as you do your kids, you bring them. And he said, give me two numbers, and give me two numbers. And along comes a daily double, pays $400. And he shot me about 20 bucks, and I said, wow, this is fun. And I've been hooked ever since. He didn't give you the whole 400 no shot. I was wait. Your dad would. Nine years old. I was nine. So yeah. twenty dollars at nine years old is a that's yeah. a lot of money. You didn't know the difference. <laughs> you could right. buy a bag of oranges for that right now. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then I've been uh, losing ever since that day. But hey, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> when did it get to the point, Ernie, where you thought this is going to be my career, though? So. You know, I, I've, I've always loved coming. I was coming here, and I was coming here to bet, and I was coming for free, and I had, you know, I actually have my stockbroker's license, to be honest. And, oh. And that just, yeah, the job just became too monotonous for me, and I, I needed a change. I needed to get out. And I just saw a posting for Clocker Report um, on one of the sites, and uh, I said, let me take a chance. And I came in, and even at the time interviewed me, and, Obviously, he knew what I was talking about when I was talking about breezes and handily and times and the polls because I followed it because I was a gambler. And he did always say the best clockers are gamblers. And uh, from there, 15 years ago, that's where I started. Awesome. Ernie, always a pleasure. We love your insight and love your take and love your, the science behind doing this. We learn a lot every time we talk to you. Enjoy the weekend and all the best. Thanks, guys. And nice talking to you. And we'll talk soon. A pleasure. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, the Meadowlands, and of course, some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's always much anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We'll be right back. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. 
Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Okay, let's go. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems? As Larry gives us his Ponies Picks today. Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Larry, people want to hear your picks. Take it away. Mo Donegal. Yeah, oh, well. Oh, that was last week. Yeah, yeah. but you were right. <laughs> Mo came through. Mo came through. All right. All right, let's start at uh, Woodbine. They have another 10 race card, and race eight is a one mile on the turf, an optional 10,000 claimer for fillies and mares, three and up for a purse of $35,700. Number four, caller Joey was last seen on December 31st when she was winning a 16,000 claimer at Tampa Bay Downs with friend of the show, jockey Isabel Wentz. Oh, Isabel. Aboard. Yeah. Oh. Uh, when we had Isabel on, she had mentioned that she had ridden a winner at Tampa. Well, this was the horse. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, uh, caller Joey is two for eight at today's mile distance and her trainer, Michael Wright, has, uh, he's won three of 16 races in 2022, 20, uh, so that's about 19% average. Uh, Caller Joey shows four workouts since May 22nd, including two five furlong works on June 5th and June the 12th, and they're seven days apart, which we like. Um, regular rider, as I say, Isabel is back aboard today. She rides this horse all the time. She knows the horse. And here's another interesting fact about Caller Joey. She made her 2021 debut on June the 20th at Woodbine, so almost pretty close to the same day, mm -hmm. with Isabel riding, and that race was also on the turf. And it won. She won. Well. So uh, certainly uh, Collier Joey has proven to race well fresh, and I think uh, she should be a good bet. So Woodbine Race 8, number 4, Collier Joey. And next. Well, Santa Anita has a 12 race card today. Race 10 is 50,000 claimer at one mile on the turf for three-year-olds and up. Number 6, Kassan makes his third start off a layoff. And actually, this horse was uh, laid off in November 2020 and didn't race again until March 26th of this year. So that race then was at six furlongs, which is too short for Kassan, but it serves as a, as a good prep as Kassan chased three wide and then flattened out in the stretch. Uh, uh, his last race was at a mile and an eighth on the turf, 
And it was a bit of a nightmare trip where this horse was lacking room twice throughout, including in the stretch, and the horse finished uh, ninth, not surprisingly, although uh, he was only beaten about five and three-quarter lengths uh, mm-hmm. since uh, since that start, uh, trainer uh, the trainer has worked Kassan four times, Richard Mandela, and uh, showing a 48-flat workout uh, two back on June the 8th. Uh, Kassan is uh, back in the same class today as his first two starts, so there's no drastic class drop. And uh, Richard Mandela wins at a 20% clip with horses off 31 to 60 days, so uh, which is what we have today. He also has jockey Victor Espinosa back in the saddle, and after the problems last time, I think Victor would probably try to stay out of trouble with this horse. And, fair point. Uh, fair point. And just the last thing I'm going to say about Kassan, uh, he was stakes placed in 2020 as a two-year-old, so uh, there was some potential back then, and then something happened. He went away for a couple of years, but he's back now. And so I like him at now Santa Anita race 10, number six, Kassan. Excellent. Next. Woodbine Mohawk Park has a tremendous 13 race card, as we've talked about, including the $1 million final of the Pepsi North America Cup and several other stakes events. Um, Race five is the $100,000 Mohawk Gold Cup for pacers at a distance of a mile. Number one, Envan, had literally no chance last weekend in the uh, free-for-all uh, pace as he got away 10th of 10 horses and was 12 lengths off the lead at the uh, quarter pole. Yvonne uh, paced his second half of the race and listen to this, 53 seconds flat and really didn't get clear sailing until midway in the stretch. Uh, this will be Avant's third start off the layoff. There's another horse that's third start off the layoff. And once again, friend of the show, Bob McClure, takes the reins. So, uh, Hopefully, Bob can uh, work out a, a better trip, especially from the rail post tonight. So, uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, race five, number one, and Vana. And Larry, the grand finale. The Meadowlands has another 13 race card tonight, and race eight is a one-mile pace for a purse of $18,000. Number six, White Cookie, who we had as a selection last year oh, on yeah. the show is making his third start off the layoff and his last race was a dandy when white cookie tried to go wire to wire and just got beat in a neck and that race was race timed in 148 and three and he still paced his quarter last quarter in 27 and two so uh i like the fact white cookie was bet down to five to two favorite last week so the people liked him uh he looks to be rounding in the great uh, form right now uh this guy was pretty consistent uh, winning six of 25 races last year but this year he's only one of 11. But since the layoff in March and returning uh, to uh, race in May, White Cookie looks to be a complete different horse with a third-place finish and uh, and uh, his last race, which is very good. So uh, uh, I think the third start back is going to be the charm here. So, uh, you know, race eight, Meadowlands, number six, White cookie. And who doesn't love a good cookie? Uh, A special shout out to our friends, Mark, of the fans of horse racing. Mark, thanks for all your support. Appreciate what you do. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy, an issue of Ponies 24-7, the magazine, email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. Please don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 
Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies. As even though the silent auction's over, you can still donate to this very worthy cause. Stick around, 105.9 The Region, all weekend long. The Feed, York Region's only magazine show with a legend and warmer up next, including special guest tennis star Bianca Andrescu in conversation with the very own Kevin Frankish. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Let's do this. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.